I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson. You know, uh, when you look around this world, you see things, people experience things that are that are dark, that are, are powerful, that, that seem to uh, offer no release from them. Sometimes you think there's no hope. But we serve a God who can free anyone from anything and can forgive any sin and can restore any person. And that's why I love testimonies like you're going to hear today because it, because it is living proof of God's power in somebody's life. So if you need a little encouragement today, this is it. Maybe you're in a place where you think I'm beyond hope. You are not beyond hope. You never, ever are. As long as you're living and breathing, God's power can work in your life. Today's guest is Nicole Collins, and she has a testimony you're just going to have to hear uh, to, to understand God's grace, his power, the freedom, and the love that he has for all of us. Nicole, welcome to Life Today Live. Greetings. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me, Randy. It's such an honor to be here with you today. So, you know, we, we look at you and we see um, a lovely woman uh, who looks, you know, normal in a good way, right? You know, uh, we, I, I don't look at her and go, oh, she's had a rough life or anything like that. But you have. You've experienced yes. some things. I'm going to let you know, let you share some of your testimony and we'll, we'll dialogue. But tell us what where you came from and what God's done in your life. Absolutely. Blessings to everyone out in social media land and <laughs> uh, television. I just uh, want to share my story today in hopes of encouraging someone to never give up on praying for their family members. Mm. Uh, originally, I'm born and raised in California. I endured sexual abuse starting about the age of four years old. Mm. My abuser used torture tactics to intimidate and silence me. He made me regularly recite that my name was nobody and I do nothing. Mm. That was a word curse. And I actually started to believe that lie. My stepdad had some anger issues and destroyed things in our home when he got upset. So his actions actually made me afraid to share about the sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. I thought he would become irate. And as a child, I assumed I would be in trouble for what happened to me. My biological dad was murdered when I was six years old, mm. which affected me because we were also very close. Uh, my mom growing up, you know, she used to take me to church on Sundays, uh, but nothing about her lifestyle reflected godly character at that time. She drank and partied and used profanity regularly. Shortly after my father got murdered, my grandfather, uh, he died a month later. And so because my mom was close with her father also, uh, that really affected her. So while grieving, my mom went to a Pentecostal church and surrendered her life to the Lord and got saved. From that day forward, it was like my mom was never the same again. Once she got filled with the Holy Spirit, I didn't see her drinking any more alcohol, partying, or using profanity. And so we started even going to church during the weekdays <laughs> <laughs> and I enjoyed it. It wasn't like I was a kid. You had to force to go to church. I, I really did enjoy it. 
And so I had started uh, actually begging her if I could get baptized when I was just eight years old. Hmm. And so she thought I didn't understand the uh, significance of it. But months later, she eventually allowed me uh, to be baptized. And shortly after, uh, I received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And that sexual abuse never happened. Once I was baptized in the name of Jesus, that sexual abuse totally stopped. Hmm. And and I want to interject and say that name carries power. Yeah. You know, it, it seemed like it was a pr- protective sh- covering that began to shield me. And so um, at that point, uh, at this new ministry, my pastor's wife, she took me under her tutelage and became my mentor. And so I began to spend uh, summer breaks and holidays with them and their daughters. I started having prophetic dreams uh, about things in the Bible. Always coming up in school, I maintained a 3.5 grade point average. Hmm. And so in the in the 10th grade, uh, I knew that I had been called to minister the gospel. And my pastor sponsored me to enroll in adult accredited Bible college. So I was preparing for ministry. But but we know that, you know, the devil desires to sift us as we. And so right before my high school graduation, Randy, the devil got busy. He got real busy. And a, and a scandal broke out in the church. Mm-hmm. And so uh, at the time, an underage friend had confided in me that her and a married minister were having some inappropriate sexual contact. Mm. And because I advocated on the girl's behalf, uh, my pastor's wife, who had been my mentor for 10 years, turned against me. The minister was like a a son that they never had, so they took his side. And uh, I tell you, when she didn't attend my high school graduation, after I had set aside five tickets for her and her family, it, it was very devastating. Mm. You know, her, her absence for something so monumental emotionally wounded me. And, you know, when you are uh, suffering an offense within the confines of the ministry, that's labeled as a church hurt. Yep. And it can be devastating mm-hmm. because you don't expect to be mistreated in God's house. Mm-hmm. And so this incident was a stumbling block, uh, which caused me to fall from grace. And I left the ministry with no intentions of returning. I started uh, calling the party line. They didn't have social media, you know, the Facebook and all that then. I started calling the telephone chat line. And I went to meet a blind date. I had already had a license when I was 16 years old. And uh, when I initially got over there, uh, the person who greeted me at the door, uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, it was a transgender male. This was biologically a woman, but I I didn't know that. I was a naive church kid. And um, once I saw the young man that I came to meet, he wasn't attractive. So it it was no uh, intimate connection. But this lesbian who identified as a transgender male, she befriended me. And so we kind of got associated on, you know, just on a regular friendly type of level. And she invited me to a club. And uh, this was 20 years ago, so I I can't recall if she mentioned that it was a lesbian club, but she said celebrities were there. And so because I'm underage, I don't even have an ID to get in the club. She's telling me she knows the the owner. She can get me in. You know, this this club is in Hollywood. And so it, it really allured me. And once I attended that club, it was like lights, camera, action. And uh, I tell you, Literally, probably within six months, um, I wanted to fit in with with her 
and um, the people that she began to introduce me to, and I decided to be affected by my environment and transition into a male myself. And I had a... Yes, I'm sorry. No, I'm just I'm just curious because they're you know, okay. You're you're doing a great job walking through this, but there's a lot there, you know. Um, I'm I'm just curious the 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 church hurt thing, you know, when other Christians do things that are contrary to Scripture. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's kind of two directions we can go with that. One is to run away from God in a sense, which is where, you know, where you're headed now in your story. The other is to run to God. I'm just wondering, was that, what, did you struggle with that? Or were you just so young that you, you just reacted? Um, I'm, I'm just curious kind of what the, what was going on in your mind that, you know, eventually mm-hmm. led you down the, the, the path that really ended up causing more pain than any. Right. Uh, well, personally, for me, I didn't have a solidified relationship with the Lord. I'm 17 years old, Randy. You know what I mean? It's not like I was just really um, having a, a prayer life and knew how to combat spiritual warfare. And, sure. and sure. now I can identify that that was a Jezebel spirit because mm-hmm. they basically blackballed me like the mafia. Once I was out the inner circle, uh, people stopped talking to me, her mm. children and their spouses. Mm. They acted like I didn't even exist. Mm. It got to the point where I was coming to church and the head usher was related to the pastor's wife. So he was telling me that the congregation was full and I was up in the balcony. Yeah. And so, you know, as a teenager, I, I wasn't built for that. Yeah. And the only thing I could think of was to remove myself from that type of environment of being mistreated. Sure. Well, I mean, it sounds like as is often the case, um, you are isolated. And when we're isolated, uh, it, it's a field day for the enemy, you know, to do work yes. in our lives. Uh, Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Uh, you know, and that's I'm just curious that that congregation, because mm-hmm. that's a recipe for destruction. God's not going to honor that. I mean, you know, the Old Testament term Ichabod. You know, God, God has left this place. He's not going to honor that. Uh, did, what did they ever come around and repent? You know, I can honestly say that good pastors make bad mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I believe that because the young lady, the alleged victim, uh, froze under pressure and she denied these accusations. Mm-hmm. So it basically made me look like a big troublemaker. Right. And so it based, it was it was never really addressed. I don't really know to this day. Only heard the the gentleman and God know um, how true those things were. But that was what was a stumbling block that caused me to fall from grace. Is is he still in ministry or is he still alive? Yes, he's pa- he's pastoring now. Oh wow! Okay, mm-hmm. well, okay. Well, so what do you what do you do with that? Because uh, you know you could you could go on a path to to just administer your own justice, which good thing god says vengeance is mine we leave that to him rightly so but yet i mean typically those kinds of patterns if they're not dealt with they don't go away you know they go a little deeper underground a little more into the into the dark so they're not seen or exposed but what do you i mean i know you're in michigan now there in la i guess still what do you what, what do you do with that? Because you know, that, to be honest, Randy, I, I really don't have a lot to elaborate about that because, yeah. like I said, it was allegedly, 
Okay. Wholeheartedly, I believe the young lady, she seemed very sincere when she told me these things, myself and another young lady. We were just teenagers. Mm. And um, basically, she was just kind of sharing a little secret because at this point, she claimed to be in love with him. But I don't really want to make that the focus because, I, like I said, I, I don't really know. I wasn't there to witness it. Yeah. Only her, God, and the gentleman know. But, yeah. you know, as I as I move along to share my story, that was what yeah. caused me to leave the church behind that incident. Yeah. But because I was already uh, involved in women's basketball growing up, that was a gateway sport that already had exposed me to the LGBT culture. Okay. But so, I just didn't gravitate towards that lifestyle in all right, school. All right. All right. It was, uh, I want to talk about that. But I, I just want to commend you because you have essentially turned that situation over to God and let him deal with it. And you've moved on and you've grown spiritually and, and followed God on your own with, and kind of shaken the dust off your feet, which is what we're told to do in those kinds of situations. So I, I, I cause a lot of people don't get past that church hurt kind of stuff, you know, yeah, they you know that was by. 20 years ago. I've, I've, I've gone to therapy for the sexual abuse and the trauma and the things that I've, um, you know, rightfully so been, you know, responsible for the decisions in my own life. So, you know, I can't really ponder on that. That's water Good. under the bridge, in Good. my opinion. Yeah. And you know, and that's yes, that's the healthy approach. You're not you're not denying yes. that it, it ever happened, but you've set it down and you've moved on. Uh and and that that's you know, a lot of people don't do that, unfortunately. Right. And so I yeah. I just want to point out and commend you again for for releasing that to God, not living Thank that, you. not dragging that with you everywhere you go. It's Oh no, absolutely not. All right. So yes. but before before you got to where you're at, so you're introduced to a whole new culture. Um yes, through sports because, see, and the entertainment. LG, mm-hmm. The LGBT community is camouflaged as acceptance. Mm. And so because I was suffering from rejection myself, mm. I was just looking for somewhere to fit in. Mm. And literally, I tell people what took me 20 minutes to get introduced to took me 20 years to escape. Mm. You know, sin, it it, it opens the door uh, to many pitfalls by going along with the environment at the time. And ultimately, Randy, you know, I, I not only uh, became a transgender male and had, had cut off my hair and, and, and took ace bandage and began to, to plaster down my breast, but I also uh, dropped out of secular college. Uh, I became a drug dealer, making fast money, Mm. Um, got involved with gangs in Los Angeles, was a heavy drinker, uh, popped ecstasy pills, sniffed powder cocaine. I mean, the list goes on because the the devil never shows you the the big picture. Mm -hmm. There's always more behind that one initial door. And so, you know, during that 20 year uh, time frame, I had got entangled in a long term eight year relationship. Uh, with a woman that was 10 years older than me. And uh, we had a lot of physical altercations often. Uh, My mom had to come and pick me up in the middle of the night sometime. And, you know, there's nothing more draining than emotional baggage baggage and bondage. Mm -hmm. You know, but because of toxic loyalty, I ended up staying in that relationship longer than I should have. But once I finally cut ties, I believe that God kind of used that to begin to um, take the desire for women away from me in a sense where I never wanted to be in a committed relationship again. But on the other hand, it led to a lot of uh, promiscuity and perverse doors such as orgies. Because mm-hmm. when you participate in unnatural acts, you'll go along with anything else that's immoral. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was going on inside you? I mean, because you, you had had that experience as a child. 
you'd, you'd love God even though you hadn't had the, the time to mature in Christ. Um, how, what, how did Nicole look on the inside during this time of drugs and lesbianism and transgenderism and all the negative toxicity going you know, along with that? What was, what was going on inside you? I'm grateful, actually, that I was filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues at a young age because the Bible says the Holy Ghost constraineth thee. So I, I, it, it may have looked like I was really, really way out there, but I could have gone a whole lot further. I had a lot of friends who started taking the hormones, mm. uh, who had the top surgeries, got their breasts removed, had full beards and things of that nature. So um, I knew in the back of my mind because there was, there was a void that I was trying to fill by mm. engaging in all of these mm. things. In the back of my head, I always had a fear of missing the return of the Lord. And I knew in the back of my mind that someday I want to return back to the Lord. And I never wanted to be uh, like the little old lady uh, trying to live like a man with like a suit and some church clothes, you know, little (laughs) church shoes and a suit on. Because I used to see people 60 and 70 years old still in the club that were transgender men that, you know, look very outdated. And I said, I don't want to be one of those. (laughs) So I felt like I was just kind of throwing my royal oath in my youth. And um, I tell you, I know I know it weighed heavy on my mom, and it, and it probably seemed like the more she prayed, the worse off I got. But yeah. I'm so thankful that she was persistent, and she showed love without compromise. Mm. I wasn't able to bring my girlfriend to Thanksgiving dinner or anything, <laughs> but she loved me. She came into nightclubs, Randy. Mm. She came into gay nightclubs. She came into drug-infested areas. If I didn't call her for a few days, she wanted to lay eyes on me and make sure that I was okay. Mm. She would pass out tracks up in up in the um, areas where I would be out there selling drugs. There was a um, <laughs> transsexual prostitution stroll oh. up in Hollywood, and oh. I would be up there, you know, selling all types of narcotics. And she would come up there and pass out tracks and try to get me to come home. And I said, "No, I'm out here doing my thing. I'm good. Thanks for checking on me." <laughs> you know, the the devil he just had me on a downward spiral. I can remember one year in particular at a Las Vegas gay pride, uh, I had almost overdosed on Molly's, which are ecstasy capsules. Then another year at at Los Angeles gay pride, I end up in the hospital with alcohol poisoning. Mm. You know, so when you have addictions, uh, you never consider the harm you're self-inflicting. You know, whether it's drugs, alcohol, uh, smoking, pornography, whatever it is, Satan's job is to kill, steal, and destroy us while he has legal rights. But I'm so grateful that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. I can remember sometime coming home drunk. My mom would get that blessed oil and she would anoint her hands and she started smearing it all on my arms and, and, and dashing oil on my forehead. And she would be commanding Satan to loose his hold and rebuking the devil off of me. She was truly a bold soldier in the Lord. And, yeah. and that's why I'm a product of her prayers today. Oh, I, I love it. And God bless her. I mean, you know, what's it's funny because... You know, some people that are in more conservative churches, they get a little weirded out by some of the stuff. But, you know, God uses whatever he wants to use to bring his, his kids back into yes. the home where he welcomes them. And so I, I think that's fabulous. What, what When did you finally hit bottom? I'm guessing there had to be a pretty rough bottoming out before things turned up. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, it was December 14th, 2014. Uh, that's when my life changed and God summoned me out of darkness. Hmm. Um, I went to collect a debt from someone who owed me uh, for drugs. 
and uh, whew, I was attacked by a man with a hammer from behind. Mm. And by the grace of God, I suffered no injury. And uh, I truly feel like God used that incident as a catalyst of change to knock some sense into me. <laughs> and uh, the very next day, I returned to my childhood church and I went down for prayer. And the uh, the woman of God who I uh, encountered, she knew me as a little girl, but she didn't recognize me right away. But God must have revealed that it was me. And she, she said, Nicole, and she said, the blood of Jesus. And I went out under the power of God. I'm down <laughs> on the floor and this intense heat came over me. I had this men's button down shirt with a t-shirt under it. And I had to take that men's shirt off. It's like fire was mm -hmm. on me. Mm -hmm. And she got down on that floor with me and she began to prophesy in my ear that I would fulfill uh, the call of God. And uh, I tell you, that's when my life began to change. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I decided to continue my journey at another ministry and uh, seven months of just consecutively going to church, still dressed as a man. The Lord mm -hmm. spoke to me during the worship. I was crying. My hands were extended and I'm just praising God. And I heard a, a inner voice. You know, the Bible says uh, that still small voice. And I heard the Lord say, don't come back in my house in those clothes. <laughs> and, you know, the devil, he, he had me deceived at the time into thinking that it was OK to remain transgender as long as I was not practicing immorality. <laughs> but I was practice, practically like hiding in a sense, afraid of people seeing me. Uh, grow out my hair and things of that nature. So I still was kind of in bondage. But this scripture came up in my spirit that says, um, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. Mm. And so it was Mother's Day, <laughs> 2015. <laughs> I exchanged my comfortability and was obedient and began dressing as a woman. I had a I had a bald head still, so I had to go buy a wig. This is my this is my hair today, but I had to go buy a wig of that low men's haircut i went and got these little one inch pumps from a store called payless <laughs> yeah, yeah. and i and i i put on those women's clothes that actually someone had already given me at the church that i went and just slung them on the couch here uh months prior mm -hmm. but i went on and obeyed god and then uh shortly thereafter i decided to just change my surroundings and i boarded the plane with one suitcase the summer of 2015 i left all those men's clothes my furniture everything just abandoned it in that apartment that I had, and I got on the plane with one suitcase to go and meet my mom in Toledo, Ohio. She had already relocated uh, two years prior to that, mm -hmm. you know, because I believe that you cannot uh, be delivered by the same, you know, you can't be delivered if you continue to be around the same spirits yeah. that you're trying to get free from. So mm -hmm. I said, you know what? Everybody knows where I live. I've been at this place for 12 years, selling drugs, partying. People started being persistent after I changed my number. They coming by still honking the horn. I mm. said, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And so I obeyed God. I got on the plane with one with one suitcase and then even encountered a woman on the plane next to me who started prophesying. Oh, boy. And she didn't know me from Adam. She said, um, the Lord said, the person who assaulted you, vengeance is his and you're going to hear about it. She said, when your feet hit the soil of this new territory, everything about your life is going to shift. And I found out later that that person who assaulted me with a hammer, uh, they had a, a massive stroke at the age of 23 years old. Mm. That's pretty rare, yeah. you know. Yeah. But um, I praise God that I you know, was uh, able to uh, have the courage to obey God when it wasn't popular. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes you got to be off with people to be on with God. So a couple of couple of observations and I want your opinion on this, because I mean, it, from from, you know, sitting on the outside looking in. 
you see a couple mm-hmm. I, I think i see a couple things going on one you know moving it wasn't leaving la and going to toledo ohio that was your salvation in a sense it was god removing you from an environment in the same way it's not the clothes that make a woman uh but abandoning those old things uh the the masquerade of gender that you had been living in i see that as god calling you back to who he created you to be and those externals are just a reflection of what's going on on the inside is is that anywhere close to what was going on well, yeah, because our gender is assigned at birth. God's not the author of confusion. Mm. And he does say in Deuteronomy 22 and 5, don't wear that which pertain to a man, and mm. a man shouldn't wear that which pertain to a woman. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't necessarily talking about pants because that wasn't a primary article of clothing. <laughs> That's being. true. That was even addressing transgenderism back then because they would, they would cross-dress as a form of worship to pagan gods. Mm. And so, yes, I had to embrace... Uh, who God made me to be because I had created a, a idol of myself and a false image. Hmm. Hmm. So, um, all right, there may be some things going on with the internet. Uh, if so, just know that all of the these interviews are uh, uploaded to Rumble and to Light Source uh, without any possible internet breaks because we record on this end so if if anybody's seeing some issues you can always go catch up and finish this later because we're getting to the good part (laughs) nicole what what did god do with you when he started you know restoring you to him uh and and to who he created you to be well the scriptures say that some things only come out by prayer and fasting And so I started fasting consecutively three days a week, um, laying prostrate before the Lord, praying in tongues, sometimes an hour or two. You know, Jesus told the disciples, you can't even pray with me one hour. So I started devoting at least an hour a day in prayer. I started fasting because anything you starve eventually has to die. You got to evict that spirit. So after I repented, which means to turn from sin, metanoia, I began to do renunciations giving Satan an eviction notice. I renounce the spirit of perversion. I come out of agreement with molestation and, and trauma. And I and I ask you, Lord, you know, to, to take the rein. I, I had to surrender my will to his. And it, and it felt awkward as I was going through the process because deliverance is progressive. It's a 30, 60, and 100-fold scale. And so, you know, I'm not going to act like I just uh, adopted femininity and womanhood. It was a happy camper. I felt awkward, but I did it out of obedience in the beginning. I was fighting through the lies of the devil telling me I looked like a drag queen. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you, Randy, the more I delighted myself in the Lord, my desires began to change. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. so it's like he just took me through that spiritual metamorphosis from caterpillar uh, to butterfly. He began to uh, purify me by the fire of the Holy Spirit. And I just uh, went on with the process, allowed the Lord to to take out the contaminants from my life, died to my own nature. Uh, started reading the word and being transformed by the renewing of my mind and the washing of the word. And um, it was just, it was just a beautiful thing because now I've written seven books. I've, I've taken back the rainbow and uh, established a Christian uh, clothing company with, with t-shirts that say the rainbow belongs to God and prayer pillows <laughs> and things of that nature. And I just let God be God in my life and, and let him take the reins. So a, a couple of questions for you to kind of, Put the icing on this cake. Uh, and by the way, I've noticed anytime I broach this topic, 
uh, and sometimes they're pulled offline, these interviews, uh, and interrupted. So, uh, you know, there there is a power that wants to not get this word out. But, Nicole, as you came back to God and began to be who he created you to be, you know, we talk about identity. I, I want to we talk about, you know, uh, misgendering someone. Well, I, I see someone as God created them, and I accept them that way. I don't, I don't insist that they change in some way externally or, or internally other than to be born again. Obviously, that's God's desire for all of us. Talk to me about you, Nicole, today and how, how you feel. In other words, not just the daily fleeting feelings, but the peace, the joy, the um, some healing, I'm, I'm hoping and guessing from past trauma, as opposed to that person who was uh, dressing like a man and, you know, consuming, addicted to drugs and selling drugs and, and living, you know, a lifestyle that was, I think, probably reflective of what was going on inside. How are you today? I am who God has ordained me to be. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And so, you know, thinking that we know more than God is the gateway to becoming a fool. <laughs> and so I thank God that he changed my appearance because the Lord truly wanted to get the glory out of my life. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that I was holding on to was those clothes. And the Lord told me, he said, how can I be glorified and how can man see your good work and glorify me in heaven if you still look like the culture that you claim you don't represent? Mm -hmm. And, and see what the enemy's doing. Daniel eleven thirty seven says that the Antichrist does not desire a woman. And so the enemy, he's definitely um, pushing this lifestyle. And I, and I used to try to justify my lifestyle until I was blessed with the truth. <laughs> but, you know, the Bible says every man thinks he's right in his own eyes. And so I just began to dive deeper into the word, eat the whole scroll, uh, do away with, with what society has deemed as normalcy because it, it started to desensitize the church. Mm. We're starting to look at it like, well, just let people be who they are. No, God already created who they were before the foundation of the world. If you become a new creature in Christ, we got to see the difference. We ought to see the fruit of transformation. And so for me, uh, I just sold out to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I just went on and let him do his perfect will in my life and out of obedience, he has blessed me in abundance. You happy? Happier now? I'm very happy. And I, <laughs> and I want to emphasize, I'm not casting stones at anybody. Mm -hmm. But see, the Bible's very clear about the prohibition of same sex. Mm -hmm. he, he's made it very clear. So uh, there's other sins that will lead one into eternal damnation. So I, I don't just target uh, same sex lifestyles. I, I tell people, hey, if you're if you're a drunkard, if you're in an adulterous affair, if you got some yeah. type of addiction, these are things uh, that are strongholds that were built over time. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered from all of their troubles. So I'm not one who's out here just uh, targeting that community. I'm about evangelism. I was on the CBN news during the Corona revival because people was coming on to the Facebook live like we're talking, being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. And so I go out in the Walmart, people have gotten the Holy Ghost in the Walmart parking lot. 
I drive for Uber and Jehovah's Witness got filled with the Holy Ghost in my backseat. <laughs> so I'm radical for Christ, Randy. When you already lived in hell, yeah. you come out on fire. <laughs> so the kingdom of God, Robo Shaka, suffereth violence and the violent taketh by force. So if I wasn't tiptoeing around and I was I was out the closet then, see everybody's out the closet but the church. I'm not gonna tiptoe around in the kingdom of God. The kingdom suffered violence and the violent taketh by force. Woe unto them who call evil good and good evil. Yeah. I'm just out here trying to tell Lottie Dottie and everybody, you must be born again. Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's going to empower you to live holy. Nicole, don't ever stop. <laughs> You're not going to, are you? Good. So, I'm full throttle. <laughs> Amen. Last, last thing. To that person who's watching, who may be where you were at, maybe they're trying to justify, maybe they're just not happy in their lifestyle, whether it's homosexuality or transgenderism, I mean, anything that's outside of God's design of one man, one woman in a holy matrimony, anything outside of that is what's, what's called sexual impurity. And so mm -hmm. to parse outside of that, you're still outside of God's will, and you probably know it. If, if you're living there, you know, deep down inside, Absolutely. if you're honest with yourself, you probably know it. And, and the, I think the fear is that, that they think the church hates them. That Christians, we don't hate you, you know. Um, no, not at all. We, we want to love you back into the kingdom. It's God's kindness that leads us yes. to repentance. And that repentance is, is a turning. It's a renewing of your mind and enables you to find the joy, the peace, the purpose that Nicole has found and is expressing. So, Nicole, I want to ask you, what do you say to that person who may be watching who is struggling right now? I want to encourage anyone out there who feels stuck like Chuck between a rock and a hard place mm -hmm. to trust God. After you've allowed everybody else to use you, mm -hmm. now let God use you. God has a plan and he has a purpose for your life. He says before the foundation of the world was framed, he already called you. All you have to do is surrender. Take one day at a time. If you, if you reflect on the past, you're going to deal with uh, depression. Mm -hmm. If you think too far in the future, you're going to deal with a spirit of anxiety. The Bible says morning by morning, new mercies we see. And, and in particular, uh, when it comes to the spirit of homosexuality, Jesus actually uh, referred to this as a sickness. And he told us to, to heal people of this. In Matthew 10 and 1, when he told them to go and heal all manner of sickness and disease, uh, that word in the Greek, uh, malakos, means effeminate which derives from the Greek word katamite, which is a voice set aside for homosexual practice. So Jesus told us to actually go and heal people mm -hmm. of this physical, uh, spiritual ailment. He called, it a, he called it a sickness. And so we know that even up until the uh, 80s, it was classified as a mental illness. But I, I just believe that the enemy is using uh, this spirit uh, to detour people from procreation and to set the platform because music and same-sex attraction are the devil's major platforms because when he was kicked out of heaven, the original intent was music to glorify God. And then God said, be fruitful and multiply. So I want to encourage people to allow God to take the reins. Mm -hmm. If you, as they used to say, if you take one step, he'll take two. Just, just leave it all up to him. And when you tell the Lord, hey, I don't want to be like this. I want my life to change, whether it's addiction, whether it's just a, a promiscuous lifestyle that has nothing to do with the same sex. God will hear you. His ears are open day and night. And I would just encourage you mm. to, to follow the scriptures. Follow the scriptures. Faith without works is dead. Once you believe, 
Mark 16 says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The sign's going to follow your belief by speaking in new tongues because the, the spirit of God make intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And when we pray in a heavenly language, the enemy cannot decode when we pray in the spirit. And Jude said, we build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Romans said, you don't know how to pray as you ought, but the Holy Spirit make intercession for you. And so I would encourage you to just seek a deeper walk with God as the deer panteth after the water brook, so panteth your soul after thee. And, I, and I'm telling you, I'm a specimen of grace. It's no goodness of my own. <laughs> I can't take credit for what God's done. I just surrender to the process. Okay, see, man, you just said the key word there because there's people surrender themselves to all sorts of things. You surrendered yourself to drug addiction. It left yes. you empty. You surrendered yourself to, to transgenderism. It left you empty. Uh, you arguably as naively, not intentionally, but surrendered yourself to sort of a religious church experience. And then you got hurt and left you empty. You have to, you have to surrender yourself to Christ. If you're out there watching and you've surrendered yourself to all these things and you're empty and you know it, uh, you're not, you don't, you don't have any real deep joy. The happiness is fleeting. You don't have peace. You don't have a sense of purpose. Just try surrendering yourself to Jesus. See what happens. See what happens. Thank you, yes. Nicole. Bless you, Nicole. Been Thank you, Randy. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, Jesus said, those who love me will obey my teachings. Yeah, yeah. And it's not to prove that you love him. It's because it's it's a result of loving him. So focus on the loving. Focus on connecting yes. to that, that vine, and that branch will naturally produce fruit. You don't have to strive. The fruit. This. Yes. Oh, uh, you're a blessing, Nicole. Keep growing. To God be the glory. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Did you let people know about the website? Uh, that's what I'm doing next. Okay, cool. <laughs> she's she's ahead of me, man. She's ahead of the game because I wanted to say <laughs> this is her website right here. It is globeshakers.com. Uh, and you go there. You can click on that, that shop now button. And it's got all the different things she's doing to help support her ministry. So, help support her ministry, but also to make a statement, taking back the rainbow. And also you can get a link there to her books, which was, yeah, there's some on Amazon, her testimony behind enemy lines, new book uh, on her prayer life, uh, one from her mother. I mean, so there's lots of good things there. You can check all those out and, uh, and just say thank you to Nicole for your stand uh, and for your witness and the spirit in which she comes, because um, I do think sometimes we're, we're, we we don't do it right. Uh, we have to come in love. They will know. They will know we are Christians by our love, not our compromise, not our acceptance yes. of sin. We we hold to the truth, but it's the love and grace that we reach out to those in whatever situation they're in. So. Uh, appreciate you guys out there watching. If if it broke on your internet connections, because some of them did fail, and I don't know why, uh, but uh, you can always see all of these interviews on lightsource.com uh, as well as on rumble.com slash lifetodaytv. They're uploaded later, so any breaks in the internet, not a problem. They're also on some podcasting sites. If you're listening on audio, please subscribe. Uh, and we'll see you again next time. Appreciate you guys being here. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, this soon going to end. And truth will be on the throne of your day. Sunday is coming.